If you're like me, you can't get enough John Mulaney, and that's good. Because during the Netflix is a Joke Festival, John Mulaney is presenting a brand new show called Everybody's in L.A. It's six live episodes created and starring John that will stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. This is going to be an unconventional show with very big special guests. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A. debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time only on Netflix. Here's something that we've known since the dawn of bread. Everything is better sliced. Let me explain. Slice a pineapple, you get a blast of fresh fruit. Slice some jeans, get some jorts. That's why the new Captain Morgan Sliced went all in on four bold, deliciously sliced cocktail-style flavors, including pineapple daiquiri, strawberry margarita, mango mai tai, and passion fruit hurricane. Try the new Captain Morgan Sliced because sliced is better. Visit CaptainMorgan.com to find Sliced near you. Does not contain real fruit or juice. Captain Morgan Sliced, premium flavored malt beverage with natural flavor and certified color. Captain Morgan and Co. Plainfield, Illinois. Please drink responsibly. 21 plus. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up here. There's something we should all be doing. It's going to improve your life, make every day a little bit better. And that is eat more Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes. Think about it. All the gurus, all the coaches out there, they've never said the words eat more Reese's. I mean, that combination of sweet chocolate and salty peanut butter. I mean, this is something that brings other people and ourselves joy. That's why there's two in a pack. Shop Reese's peanut butter cups now at a store near you found wherever candy is sold and often in my pantry because I love these. Telling your ex you are officially done. Talking about Natasha Legero's children and making a connection that no one saw coming. Back to a film that we all loved so much. All this and more on today's episode. So people, places, because it's time for Last Looks. You called Paul, hey, Paul. to talk about a movie you saw. Maybe you were truly appalled or maybe you enjoyed the film and you're in dubious awe. Last Looks, 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 The Last Looks. Tell the truth, when have you read your last book? It's a podcast, how did this get made? And this is Go Van Go Show. Let's get paid The Last Looks, 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 The Last Looks. Hello, all of my teen models, high school agents, photographers, and Nightclub Central Catalog subscribers. Welcome to Last Looks. I'm your host, Paul Shear, and this is where you are going to get all the exclusives. That's right. We are going to blow the lid off of Design to Kill. What didn't we say? What should we have said? What do you want to know? Plus, Jason and I are going to be thrilled to be joined by Natasha Legero. That's right. Natasha Legero is going to be on today's show to chat about her brand new book, The World Deserves My Children. Plus, we are going to reveal next week's movie. And as always, I'm going to try to solve your problems on Paul's Helpline. But first things first, a big shout out to Go Van Goes for that theme song. Go Van Goes. We owe you an apology for playing your song last episode, and I incorrectly credited it to somebody else. I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Please forgive me. Please don't come after me with a knife on a charcuterie board. I don't want that kind of anger from you. So I am sorry. If you like that theme from uh, Go Van Gogh's, you can follow him at Go Van Gogh's on all social media. Go Van Gogh's, I hope you can forgive me. See it in your heart. Uh, to maybe, you know, just bury that charcuterie knife. Uh, anyway, 
We love these songs. We love songs like that. And if you send one in, we are going to play it, and I will correctly uh, credit you for it. Uh, send it in to how did this get made at earwolf.com, but keep them short. 15 to 20 seconds is best. Now, let's get into it. I know we talk a lot about movies, but there are bigger things out there in the world. You got problems? Let me solve them. It is now time for the Paul Helpline. What them is LA? It is now time. Confusingly large. Love that. John Astonish. Great theme. I hope you are John Astonish. Now I don't know what anything is. No, it is John Astonish. Thank you for that theme. Uh, Let's take a call from our good friend in Canada, Scott. This is an interesting question. Hi, Paul. Uh, My name is Scott. I'm calling from Canada. I have a bit of a dilemma that I need your help. A a bit of backstory. Uh, I was married for 15 years, but eventually we got divorced three years ago. The marriage wasn't horrible, but it was based on financial security rather than love. And I, and I know that sounds harsh, but I didn't really think love was a real thing at the time. He never really made the effort to prove me wrong either. Anyway, uh, the divorce was mostly amicable. We have attempted to be friends, but he resents my happiness and blames me for taking the best years of his life. He kept our dog, and I look after her whenever he goes out of town, so that still keeps us in semi-regular contact. Now, this is the problem. I have since met someone who's shown me, you know, what love really is, and I'm really, truly happy. We have a great relationship, and we decided to get married. Am I obligated to tell my ex-husband that I'm getting remarried? If I do, it's possible it could make our relationship more caustic. But but if I don't, and he finds out about it, the fallout eh, could be even worse. My friends are really split on the decision, so I thought an impartial judge like yourself might have the answer that I need. I really love your insights in the show. Thank you for all the entertainment. Cheers. As promised, that is a juicy question. Uh, look, my first instinct in hearing you say it is no, no, don't, don't tell him. But that's really coming out of a fear, a fear of conflict, a fear of, you know, not wanting to upset the balance of anything. But then I realized... If you don't want to upset the balance, if you want to respect the relationship that you had, even though it's going to be uncomfortable, I do believe you need to tell your ex. I think it's a matter of how much spin you want to put on it as far as, you know, this is not a conversation. You don't need to ask for permission, but you do want to reach out and tell your ex, look, I respect our relationship enough that I wanted you to hear this from me. You're not opening it up to anything else. You're not telling this person how much you found love. You're not telling this person why this time it's going to work. Um, You are just simply letting them know, I want you to know before you hear it from somebody else. And I think you can do that in a way that feels fair. You don't have to take them out to dinner. You can have it over uh, a phone conversation, but I do believe that you need to have a moment with your ex because if you're afraid of it getting contentious, it's going to get a lot more contentious uh, if they if they uh, find out that you did do this and didn't tell them because then they can make it bigger than it actually is. Because the truth is, you can do whatever you want, but you're just being respectful. 
Anyway, that's where I go. And I asked June about it as well. And June agreed with that. Okay, let's switch it up a bit. For the next question, we are going to the Discord. Sean and Risa write, my wife and I are in need of some advice. We recently decided to have a Paul Shear movie night. <laughs> wow, good for you. And we watched the movie Slice and Hell Baby back to back. I imagine for some sort of like a horror double feature. While we enjoyed both, we couldn't help think, what movies would Paul recommend for a Paul Shear movie night? Well, that's tricky, honestly, because I'm not the star of many uh, many films. Um, I've done a lot of stuff, but not a lot of feature films. I would say that, um, hmm, depends what you're in the mood for. If you want more of that horror, fun, craziness, Piranha 3D can't be beat. Piranha 3D is like legit a fun, dumb, scary movie that it knows exactly what it is. Adam Scott, Elizabeth Shue, Christopher Lloyd, uh, me, Jerry O'Connell, great cast all around, Ving Rhames. Um, But if we're talking about like quality of film, quality of film, I would say... Disaster Artist would be uh, pretty much up there. I would say the movie above that, but I'm barely in it, is uh, Long Shot, which is, I think, one of the best uh, rom-coms that has been made in recent memory. And maybe finally, there's a movie I did called Opening Night uh, with Anne Heche and Topher Grace, Lauren Lapkus, Tay Diggs, so many great people about the backstage energy on an opening night of a Broadway musical that is only about one-hit wonders. Um, I think it's fun. I think it's a fun movie. Uh, So those are what I would bring to the table for a Paul Shear movie night. Oh, and Popstar. But again, I'm not not really like... These are not movies that I'm starring in. These are movies that I'm like cameoing in. But I hope you enjoy them all. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for even uh, trying to have a Paul Shear movie night, Sean and Risa. All right, um... In the last episode, I put out a call for theme park hacks. If you have a theme park hack, I wanted to know it. And my friend on Twitter, Anti-Racist Jazz, this is a person, we have different teams. He's Utah Jazz. I'm LA Clippers. But you know what? We don't rip each other apart. We support each other. And uh, I like this guy. So here is his hack. Take a listen. Hey, Paul, this is your bro from Twitter, Anti-Racist Jazz, and I'm calling with a Disneyland hack. So... I'm coming in from Salt Lake City, so you know I'm going to be in the park for multiple days. That leads to a ton of foot fatigue. I'm on my feet. I'm an, I'm an open and close guy a lot like you. I'm there when the gate opens. I'm the last guy to leave when the gate closes. So I bring multiple shoes, wear one pair of shoes one day, switch them out the next day, use a little bit of ibuprofen with that, and you're going to cut down on your foot fatigue a ton. It makes a huge difference. So for people that are going to be in the park multiple days, bring multiple pairs of shoes. That's it. All right. Thanks a lot, Paul. Look, if you got the luggage to do it, I think do it. I've never done that before. I didn't even think about the uh, the Motrin element of it. Anti-Racist Jazz coming in hot with a good tip. Thank you, Anti-Racist Jazz. We are always looking for more Paul's helpline voicemails. So if you need some advice or a second opinion, call in. And for all you American listeners, next episode, I'm going to give you a chance to vent. 10 to 15 seconds, I need you to vent about something that annoyed you over Thanksgiving. That's, you know, look, I say that's for American listeners, but we can open it up to anyone. This is your chance 
just to vent, and I will tell you whether or not that vent was worthy. (laughs) Does that make sense? I don't know. Anyway, call in and vent. You can call from Thanksgiving dinner and be like, oh my God, my uncle just said that you don't even have to give me a, a problem to solve. Just vent. I'll be your friend on the other line that won't say anything. So give me a call. Vent your issues live from Thanksgiving at 619-P-A-U-L-A-S-K. That's 619-728-5275. People got a big announcement. How Did This Get Made is going to San Francisco on December 3rd. We will be discussing the holiday-themed film, The Twelve Pups of Christmas. Let me tell you about The Twelve Pups of Christmas. It was last Thanksgiving. June and I were on a pullout couch at my dad's house, watching Lifetime as our two children slept on either side of us, trying to be quiet. We watched this movie. I sent Avril, our movie-picking producer, a text. I was like, this is the movie for next Christmas. We have to do it next Christmas. Uh, And she watched it. She agreed. I'm so excited to finally, it's been a year in the making, to talk about 12 Pups of Christmas. Uh, It's available wherever you get your movies, but we will be discussing that in San Francisco on Saturday, December 3rd. Get your tickets now at hdtgm.com. That's hdtgm.com. Get your tickets there. Come see us. Bring your friends and bring your pups. I guess you can't bring your pups, but you should bring your pups. Um, You know what? This Monday, We have a very big announcement. If you are looking for the perfect how did this get made holiday gift, we got you covered. Uh, I can't tell you exactly what it is yet because we're going to announce it officially on Monday, okay? But you know what? Screw it. I'm going to tell you. We are releasing a limited edition vinyl double album of our Drop Dead Fred episode, okay? It is available to order online on Monday, 11-21, and you will only have 30 days to secure your copy, and then it's done. That's it, okay? So, Drop Dead Fred on vinyl, coming to you. I can't believe I'm breaking this news right now, right here. Uh, Okay, so stay tuned. Sign up for the mailing list. It will be on hdtgm.com. We'll have all the links there. But Monday, you have 30 days to order it. And because it won't come in time for the holidays, you'll get a nice little PDF that you can print out and put in someone's stocking. Um, It's a crowdfunded thing. We're excited about that. More details soon. Uh, We'll be right back with your questions, comments, and concerns all about Design to Kill. Today's podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. I love Squarespace. I'm in the middle of trying to balance my business life and my real life. This work-life balance, it's tough, but Squarespace has been helping me by giving me the tools to reach my goals and have time to celebrate. That's right. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the guided design system of Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layouts to styling options, optimize for every device, get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay. Plus, with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about. You choose your tone and enter what you need to get auto-generated perfect text. Anyway, I love Squarespace. I've been building sites with them from the beginning. And when I launched my book, 
I said I am doing it all myself on Squarespace, and I'm very pleased with it. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com bonkers to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I recently went to the Telluride Comedy Festival and I was sick and tired of staying in the same kind of cookie cutter places. And I went on Airbnb and I found a perfect spot for me and the family. We had an amazing time because we felt like home. Then I realized, wait a second, what if I could give that feeling to someone else? Yes! That's the best part. When you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. That's right. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't even realize that their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and you can make someone feel great and make a little bit of money too because we all need a little bit of money and maybe your talent or your gift to the world is having a killer place. So if you have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Today's episode is brought to you by Cap'n Crunch. Who said the kids get to have all the breakfast fun time? Break away from the ordinary with Cap'n Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but a tasty bowl of Cap'n Crunch is an escape from morning monotony. Enjoy the bold flavors like original Cap'n Crunch, Crunch Berries, Oops All Berries, and Peanut Butter. Plus, the crunch you love is now available in cinnamon, and it is delicious. Even in a sea of milk, the crunch of Cap'n Crunch is epic. Yes, my family is all in on the cinnamon Captain Crunch. I didn't think you could make it better, but they did. I love my Captain Crunch, and now I love sharing it with my kids. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. Get Captain Crunch's new cinnamon crunch now at a retailer near you, and learn more at CaptainCrunch.com. All right, people, we are back. Did I mention that now um, you are talking to a Wheel of Fortune champion. Yes, June and I are both Wheel of Fortune champions. And now we are also, uh, if you watched it last week, we are pickleball semifinalists. Uh, if you haven't watched the Pickled special on CBS or Paramount Plus hosted by Stephen Colbert, uh, June and I have a very exciting match with uh, Will Ferrell who was not allowed to be announced, so they call him Dill Barrel, but it is Will Ferrell, and Tignataro. Uh, it, the whole thing is great. You got Emma Watson from the Harry Potter movies with uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. <laughs> it's a wild time. Pickled on Paramount+. Plus. And again, like I want to just tell you, refer to me now as Wheel of Fortune winner, Paul Shear. Anyway, Last week, we talked at length about Design to Kill. We had questions, and we might have even missed a few things. Here is your chance to set us straight. Fact check us, if you will. It is now time for corrections and omissions. Thank you, Cool Skull. From the Discord. I love that. Discord has just been killing it. Thank you to the How Did This Get Made Discord. Thank you to the Paul Shear Discord. By the way, um, Rob Hubel and I host a show on Twitch, and we have a very big announcement coming up. You're going to get something huge if you tune in on December 16th and 17th. I can't tell you what, but uh, we are doing a, a first-of-its-kind show on Twitch. I can't believe they are letting us do this in a giant company is behind it but december 16th and 17th not even 
my friends know about this yet. So stay tuned. But that's where it happens. Discord. How did this get made? Discord. Paul Shear Discord. You get all your information right there. But let's go to the Discord right now. Um, RyRy80 writes, It should be noted that Jennifer throws away a perfectly good iPhone after sending the porn message. Did she purchase a brand new iPhone just to send one text and throw it away? I mean, this woman does have a lot of disposable income. Yeah, that makes no sense. I understand, like, the idea of a burner phone, but those are often, like, little flip phones that you buy at 7-Eleven. That was a brand new iPhone, or at least a modern iPhone. That did not look like an iPhone 2 or 3. Uh we got to get Jennifer to understand what a burner is like. She's going to save so much money. Uh, Mitch Kappa, Chunk Style, writes, The picture of the college boyfriend that Jennifer had on her wall was him sitting in the driver's seat of a car. Very possibly, it was from the photo session that killed him. Oh, I wouldn't want that on my wall. Would you? Maybe you would. Maybe it was the last moment that they were truly happy. Uh, and I'm amazed that the camera was not damaged and the film was not overexposed because that was a, you know, uh, we're talking about heat. Uh, the amount of heat there, you would think it might melt the film, but it did not. Uh Angeline, the wonderful queen of Oz, writes on the topic of magazine titles, which I think we all agree were hilarious. Jason got hooked on the title Ladies Daily and wondered whether this could actually be a daily title. Here in Oz, that is Australia, I imagine, or it's a fictional land uh, where Dorothy visited and they're flying monkeys. Anyway, uh, we have two mags that have titles which may shed some light on this. Women's Day and Women's Weekly. Women's Day releases weekly and Australian's Women's Weekly is published monthly. <laughs> this always baffled me as a child. I mean, this is very reminiscent of that George Carlin bit. Why do you park on a driveway and then drive on a parkway? Anyway, uh, Angelina, the wonderful Queen of Oz, says apparently mag titles have been writing checks they can't cash uh, on the frequency of publication for decades. So I doubt Ladies Daily would ever have published daily. I don't think that we ever thought it did. It just seemed like a, a bad title for a, a magazine. Dr. Guts 1003 writes, when Jennifer first approaches David about modeling, she says that she has a client who needs someone to model their new line. But the only clothes that David wears are the ones that Jennifer bought him at the mall. Yes, I thought the idea was she would get him dressed up to like take an audition the modeling shot and then you get the gig but no maybe <laughs> maybe the line was out in the stores i mean this movie makes no sense let's go to the phone stone from delaware what do you got hi cody hi Devin. hi paul it's stone from delaware you might have covered this in indiana but um in the live show uh, jennifer higgins her last name is actually higgins from my fair lady and pygmalion so i guess that was the writer's homage to My Fair Lady Pygmalion, because she did do two amazing makeovers in this movie. Um, maybe you guys already put that together. I'm not sure. Thanks for everything you do. Yes. Uh, I mean, I well, it's more like, like My Fair Lady meets, you know, uh, Fatal Attraction, right? I mean, it's in that vein. Uh, more than anything else, I, I think. Uh, but Sean McBee on Discord chimes in and says, uh, you know, there are a great number of similarities between movies 
uh, in the non-murdery, non-grooming parts of the story. In My Fair Lady, Henry Higgins takes uh, the gutter snipe, Eliza Doolittle, a hopeless case with a low-class accent, and creates a lady by teaching her elocution. And designed to kill, Miss Higgins takes the urbaneur, David Doolittle, a hopeless case with terrible fashion, and creates a model of him by teaching him how to dress and bathe, I guess? Uh, so... They're trying pretty hard for a contemporary My Fair Lady, but with fashion plus murder and grooming. I mean, in, yes, yeah, I guess, the name, the Doolittle name. I mean, this is not a unique concept. I wouldn't say this is like My Fair Lady. Uh, anyway, but I love it. Uh, here's a, a caller that I like to call No Name. Hey guys, um, not really related to the movie so much, but just a fun little fact. Jamie Lerner, who played the mom in Design to Kill, also played Liza Colby Chandler on All My Children. Her mother on All My Children was played by Jennifer Bassey, also known as Old Liz from Until We Meet Again. So, yes, that means they were mother and daughter, married to twin brothers. So, in another universe called Pine Valley, Jamie Lerner and Old Liz our mother and daughter, and also sisters-in-law. All right, thanks, guys. And also, April, going to join the crowd. Perfect movie. Okay, first of all, let me say this. That caller said old Liz, but means old Linda. And now here's my reaction. What? No. Oh, my God. We, oh, what a perfect merging. What a perfect merging here. Oh, no name caller. I wish you had your name. I would I would hoist you up on my shoulders. And finally, uh, a call from Victor from San Diego. Hey, Paul, this is Victor from San Diego. Uh, I was watching Designed to Kill on Tubi. And you should probably, I don't know if you noticed this, but it says that it's a thriller documentary. And I just about fell off fell over laughing. Anyways, thought you'd find that interesting. <laughs> Look, with five titles, it should be every it should be every genre. It is uh, according to people earlier here, it's a a rom-com musical and uh, now it's a doc too. I I love it. Thank you, Victor. Um now I believe you, Victor, but we do our due diligence here so Scott, our producer, checked in and he says, "Yes, Victor is right." Now there was a lot of debate about whether or not this movie is on IMDb. Uh, But Scott kind of put all the pieces together. On IMDb, this movie is listed by its alternate title, Deadly Runway. If you type in Designed to Kill, it takes you to a totally different movie, also called Designed to Kill, and it's described as a gripping documentary thriller. So whoever writes the 2B movie descriptions probably pulled that from the wrong movie on IMDb. Whoa! Wow! Everything is colliding here. Tubi, get a new writer of your uh, your little little episode descriptions. All right, I can't pronounce this name at all, but I think it's Is Little Wendy. No, it's not that. It's Is Wendy. I don't know. Uh, you mentioned the character Nick, a.k.a. the porn actor, as being great, so I stopped and Googled him. His name is TJ Hoban, and he's an actor and fitness model, best known for his character, Rex in It's Always Sunny. However, he also was in season one, episode four of Black Monday. He was in some sort of bachelor auction and Tiff bids, that's Casey Wilson, 15K for a date with him. Oh my gosh, I was so close to Nick. 
Nick, the porn actor. I can't believe it. Um, he uh, definitely was in that scene. Now that I'm remembering it, uh, we had a lot of attractive men on that show. Um, Joe Tangelo writes, something that bothered me more than it should have is that every time someone sent a text with their phone, it made a swoosh sound. That sound is only made when sending an email through the iPhone mail app. They took the time to use the iPhone text message interface and click sounds that iPhones make when typing. Why use the email swoosh? Great call, Joe. Great call. I mean, I actually was surprised at the amount of iPhone usage that was in this film because normally they have to like change it in a way, but I guess here they're not worried about rights or issues or anything. Uh, Catfish writes, I loved that when she tells him to use your imagination when posing with the bat, he raises his eyebrows provocatively, but then must have thought, oh, I know. I'll hold it up like I'm playing baseball. <laughs> Catfish Great point. Great point. You know what? I think, again, it's about him being fully in character. He's kind of dumb. And he was like, oh, it's like a big dick. And then she's like, use your imagination. He's like, hey, it's like a baseball bat. Not knowing that it actually was a baseball bat. Anyway, so many great corrections and omissions this week, but there can only be one that is the best. And that goes to our good friend, No Name. That's right. No Name pulled us together with connecting until we meet again and designed to kill two of my favorite movies that we've done in a long time. So, uh, no name caller, you get this amazing song from Brendan Abella. Hit it. Usually in this kind of scenario, people want something, but this time you with nothing. If you want to chime in with your own thoughts, about the latest episode, please hit up the Discord at discord.gg slash hdtgm or call us at 619-PAUL-ASK. Coming up after the break, Jason and I are going to be joined by talented comedian, actor, and How to Disc Get Made all-star guest Natasha Legero to talk about her new book, The World Deserves My Children. Stay tuned. Here's the thing, people. Walmart Plus is the membership that saves you time and money on the stuff you'd expect, but also on the stuff you don't. Let me explain. Did you know with your Walmart Plus membership, you can save money on gas? Yeah. Save gas while you drive the kiddos to soccer practice. Plus, visit your in-laws. Plus, venture into the wilderness. Plus, wherever you want to go. Because Walmart Plus also saves you time and money with free delivery. Perfect for ordering new remote batteries or coffee when somebody finishes it without telling you. And then, you know, eat all your snacks that you have stored in the back of that pantry for movie night. How dare they? Plus, you can actually even save on the actual movies with a Paramount Plus subscription. Stream Top Gun Maverick plus Mean Girls plus Jack Reacher plus so much more because savings is what this whole Walmart Plus membership is all about anyways. Members save on gas plus free delivery plus Paramount Plus, plus so much more. Start a free 30-day trial at www.walmartplus.com. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions, $35 order minimum, Paramount Plus essential plan only, separate registration required. Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, there are things that we need to get off our chest. Maybe someone in your life, 
a loved one is driving you crazy, but they don't mean to be driving you crazy and you want to vent and you want to get it out, but you just don't want to drop it on them because you're not really mad at them. Maybe you're mad at yourself because we all have these things that set off our stressors, right? We keep them bottled up and they start to affect us and we start to then affect other people because our energy is off. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a questionnaire, you get matched, and then guess what? If you don't like your therapist, you can switch to another licensed therapist at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash bonkers today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bonkers. I was traveling with my kids. We stopped to get breakfast at Shake Shack and my kids said, mom said, We can have milkshakes. And I was so tired. It didn't make sense to me. But I was like, if June says the kids can have milkshakes, I'll get them milkshakes. I got them milkshakes. June's like, I never said that. And you know what? I felt ripped off. I felt ripped off by my own kids. And that's the feeling I never like to have. I never like to get ripped off by anyone. And that's why Harry's started their company of Harry's Razors, because they saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry, and they decided to do something better. That's right. They decided to do a razor that had a great price, high customer satisfaction, that had a no-risk trial, and they have other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors, okay? I love the body wash, and they have deodorant that smells damn good. I gotta tell you, I love these razors. They are perfect, and now I am a paying subscriber. That's right. So do not settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3. That's right. Go to harrys.com slash bonkers. That's harrys.com slash bonkers for a $3 trial set. All right. You know, if you have been following the How Did This Get Made stream, and I guess you are because you're here right now, uh, you know that we have been pulling old episodes out of the vault and putting them back into the rotation. Uh, Last week, we did Deadly Mile High Club, and next week, we will be releasing an oldie, but a goodie. That's right. Episode 11, Early Days, okay? Natasha Legero and Gil Azari join us to break down the tourist. Uh, so this is going to prime you, or maybe it's going to, you know, you're going to listen to Natasha now. You're going to buy her book. You're going to hear her on Monday. It's perfect. Everything is coming together. Uh, by the way, if you are looking for another podcast to listen to, I am on uh, Don't Ask Tig, where we both are giving out advice. Uh, it's a super fun episode. And I'm recently also been on, on a Ferris's podcast and um, love it or leave it. People, I've been making the rounds, uh, chatting up a bunch of different stuff. Anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about Natasha Legero. We were super excited to welcome her on the show, do something that we haven't done before. Now that Quar Chat has become Just Chat with Paul and Jason, uh, it's time for us to get a brand new theme song. So today's Just Chat theme comes all the way from Sweden, Anton Wellen play us in. Paul and Jason have things to say, and it's a fact that we can all call in. They're watching their movies, they're watching TV, they're going to tell me, and we can all call in just chat. 
How Did This Get Made All-Star, Natasha Legero. We have not talked to you since Hell Comes to Frogtown, I believe. <laughs> uh, when Rowdy Roddy Piper was uh, fighting frogs. And uh, it's basically the premise of uh, the new Mad Max movie. I mean, you know, he just did it first and you were there with us. Do you remember anything about that movie? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember the frog people? No, I, I wow. do action. What a what a beautiful thing to kind of completely mind wipe yourself after watching something truly horrific with us. You know, having now watched hundreds and hundreds of movies over the last 11 years, I wish I could wipe them from my memory. Oh, my God. That's so true. Because the first time I did How Did This Get Made, I had to watch The Tourist. Yes. No, haven't gotten that out of my head because that is never a movie I would have seen. <laughs> there are these things that like pop up. And I feel like they're almost like dreamlike states where I remember a scene or a line. And it feels like it feels like uh, something out of like the ring where it's like, I don't know if I should have seen that image, it's, but it's permanently scarred me after after it. Like, I have the perfect palate cleanser for you guys. Yes. What is it? Since every podcast you do is so successful, why don't you switch <laughs> gears now as a palate cleanser and do Oscar like best pictures? Just best pictures. Starting at the 1940s or whenever it Ooh. started. I think it's Ooh. like I like no, that. No, I we'll get, get what it. you mean. Yeah. Let's do it, Jason. We're going to go. It would be nice. I will say it would be nice to to have, to have to operate on the other side for a while, you know? Yeah, just to To not have to watch so many bizarre movies about aliens that are also a rock band. <laughs> but now you see, like, I'm, I actually developed that already for myself only because... I was watching so many bad movies. I was like, this may be like imprinting oh, yeah, that's badly on my like, spooled. Paul's unspooled. other podcast is, is we watch good, good movies. movies. Because I was like, you know, I'm always impressed with Jason because Jason watches a shitload of stuff. And I feel like you are injecting great music and great art and great TV shows. And, you know, now since uh, becoming a parent, uh, like I'm, I'm like, struggling to stay awake past 1030. And I'm like, and I just needed to like counterbalance every, uh, you know, every uh, rock alien movie with something where I'm like, yeah, your favorite movie. And you, you are your favorite TV show now is Bluey, right? Oh, I love Bluey. (laughs) By the way, I will say Bluey is catastrophe for kids. Bluey is catastrophe for kids. I love it. Wait, what? (laughs) I think that Bluey has the same kind of interesting parental relationship. Do you disagree, oh. Natasha? Like, that's a catastrophe. I, I love catastrophe. I'm like... Well, but I, don't, I, I don't try to listen to what she's watching. I just try to keep her yeah. off. Like, all of a sudden, she'll be watching something I've given her on my phone, and then all of a sudden, it's like this really bad sound, and it's like a family in an empty mansion in the Philippines giving their kid <laughs> toys, and their mom's acting like she's mad. What is happening? It's like... I, I mean, what my kids are watching at this point, I have a five-year-old and an eight-year-old, and I'm we have a minivan. I've talked about it a lot, my Chrysler Pacifica, that has, oh, like, God. TVs in it. Oh, I love my Chrysler we've got, Pacifica. At this point, we've got to start making money off of how I, much I, you I, talk about the Pacifica. I really do believe they should have bought an ad at this point. They should have bought an ad. I only say positive stuff about it. Wait, Maybe is I, this like a Honda Odyssey? Yeah, but better. But now, look, <laughs> I'm going to say this. But I'm going to say this. shit, Honda. If anyone's out there that wants to take on... Look, I don't have to talk about Chrysler. But no one's stepping up. If you have an SUV, let's talk about it. I did see last night, uh, I went to the Clippers game, that uh, someone was driving a Ferrari SUV. And I couldn't <laughs> think of more of like two, dis- like, what? 
Why? If you could afford yeah. a Ferrari, just get, why do you need the SUV? It looks so ugly. It oh. looked like, it, like, it, cause it looked like a Ferrari body that was like morphed onto like a Honda Odyssey. Uh, oh, so rough. But well, dude, it, can I just guarantee you, if you do do the best picture winners, they really don't get good until the seventies. So it okay. is a lot of crap because I did this during the pandemic with Moshe. We watched them all in order. Oh, wow. Whoa, really? Just the best picture winner of oh, every yeah, year? We did, we did yeah. the best pictures. And then when we were done with that, we started to do best screenplay with our better movies. Yeah, yeah. I bet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good, that's a great pandemic project. I like that. Anything in particular jump out at you that you were like, I never would have watched this if we weren't doing this. And I loved it. Honestly, they were mostly bad. <laughs> uh but, but yet, you are recommending that we do this. That, well, this it's interesting. Like, Forrest Gump, I rewatched that. And terrible. I was, like, terrible. Movie. To, Awful. Like, scream. Like, the music, it'll just be like, exactly I'm, what's <clears throat> happening on the screen is the music. Oof, that movie, yeah. like, the fact that, like, that as a culture, <laughs> we, we, like, right, yes. Like, I remember going to NYU, and there was, like, a film student there, and he's like, the movie that changed my life was Forrest Gump. And I knew, I was like, that's not a good sign. That That's was, not I, a good sign. Yeah, I feel like that was one of the first times. I don't remember what year did Forrest Gump come out. I, I don't remember exactly. Probably but in I remember, the mid-90s. Yeah, I remember being like, oh, wait a minute. I'm in disagreement with culture. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't understand. Everybody, even the people I trust, I mean, seem to be like loving this movie. And I thought it was dog shit. It was so hammy. It was just like, ugh. It's really hammy. And I, and I don't, and it's, it doesn't age well at all, at all. Like watching it made me, uh, rewatching it, because we did it for Unspooled, I got like furious. It's like, oh, wow. fuck this guy, <laughs> fuck this movie. And it's like, it thinks it's so clever, but it's got great people in it. I mean, look, I love Tom Hanks. I love Robin Wright, uh, Gary Sinise, you know, get them all. Oh yeah, all good performances. You know, it's good. It's it's certainly a good creative team, oh. but it is a, an unsuccessful movie. Do you guys know, this is a great little story, a funny Forrest Gump connected story. So uh, Michael T. Williamson, who plays like the shrimp boat captain in Forrest Gump, um, you know, didn't win an Oscar or maybe wasn't even nominated for an Oscar. And Michael Mann was going into production on heat. And he was so furious that Michael T. Williams did not get nominated that he basically called him into the office. And he's like, I am firing the actor that I have right now in heat. And you're going to take his part because you wow. are too good. And he is now in heat and he's very good in heat. But I love that, like, Michael Mann really felt the shrimp boat captain of Forrest Gump Can so much. Can you imagine, though, being the actor who had that part? Yeah. Oh, being I, like, I, wait, course. what? This is, I'm being fired because of a, a grudge against the Academy? Oh, and Michael Mann <laughs> talks about it. He's like, oh, we paid him out. Like, oh, but okay. it's like, like, but it's like, still, like, well, he I'd lost the part. I'd rather be in heat. Yeah, I'd rather be in <laughs> Frankly. heat. Um, Natasha, I'm excited because just a couple days ago, your book came out. You have a you have a book. You're an author now. When did this all this come is, about? Is this your second book, Natasha? No, it's my first and only and last book. Okay. <laughs> why Why do you so, say first, only, and last? Huh? Yeah. Well, you know, as a comedian, I don't know. It just feels like there's so much. It's such a different thing to like write comedy and then go try it out every night. <laughs> Or like write on a TV show with friends and like collaborate. Like writing a book is like so solitary and you don't really know what's 
funny sometimes. This is not really promoting it. Um, <laughs> no, but no, but, but I agree. I'm in the middle of writing a book right now. And I totally agree with you. It's tricky because you can get in your own head because you're trying to be honest. You're trying to be raw. And I think there are these moments where I think you want to run into jokes, but you also know that that may undercut things and then you can't try it out. And you're like, I hope this is working. And it's a, I've had so many moments of like, uh, uh, like it's a roller coaster of just like, is this good? Is this what people want? Is it more of this, less of that? So I, before I sold my book, I had written about like 90,000 words because wow. I wanted to see if I could do it. And what? then, yeah, 90, I want to be so successful, Paul. You're just like, that's, that's, cr- that's amazing. Well, because I just, I didn't, I felt like the worst thing that could possibly happen was I sell a book and then I find out that I, I can't do it or it like, I didn't really think it through. And then I'm like, Oh, I got to write a book. And then I would be freaked out. Like this way. I felt like I've done some work. I know what I want to do. I feel confident in it. And then I'm not going to ever be under that pressure of uh, feeling like I don't have enough. Now, granted, will all that stuff stay? I have no idea. But at least I wanted to be in front of it. Well, the thing uh, yeah. about writing a book that was kind of interesting to me, and once I got the hang of it, it was more fun. And I also did it over the pandemic. So I didn't really have another you know, place to put all my comedic thoughts and ideas about parenthood. I wasn't doing stand-up. But like someone explained to me, like a book is like an accordion, you know, you're kind oh. of stretching out the story as opposed to yes. stand up. It's like, what's the funniest punchline? How can I get to it in the quickest way? You know, instead forcing yourself to think about these topics like, you know, fear and love and how are they similar? And, you know, you, you start or, or like I had a story where my dentist told me that one child's not a family, you oh, know, God. So, <laughs> By the way, the book thinking about that from all angles made me like, you know, have more ideas and jokes. So it was it was really a fun process. But at the same time, I don't know that I'd want to do it again. (laughs) The book is called The World Deserves My Children. Yeah. And and I do. And uh, other and other insights from my dentist by Natasha (laughs) Legero. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it, it is a crazy thing because I also think of you as someone who, you know, like myself, we had kids a little bit later in the sense that I feel like the growing up, it was like, oh, you have kids in your 20s. And that seemed to me to be terrible. Like, why would you ever want to wreck your 20s or even early 30s? That's like early like, 40s. I mean, these are like, the, yeah, not only the most fun decades, but it's also the most productive for at least for a woman to like get her career off the ground. You know, you kind of need those that decade. <laughs> Well, I also think you like you don't want to resent having a kid. Like I think by the time I had a kid, I was like, "Oh, I'm okay to not go out all the time now." Like I'm a, I've made peace with that on some level, you know. Whereas if, you know, I mean, it's just I think it's also in a mentally better place. I mean, you know, when you had like what did it shake up your world having like were you ready for it? Cuz I always feel like people uh should never be 100% ready to have a kid. I think you should be about like 72%. Right. And I, well, I think for women, it's a little different if you're like on yeah. a fertility journey. Oh, well, yes. Harrowing. Then not that mine was like the most harrowing. I've certainly heard worse, but um, it just took so long that you're definitely ready by the time it comes. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. Injecting yourself and debating about freezing and unfreezing and, 
IUI, whatever other ways they want to make you spend money, you know, transferring the eggs from one doctor to the next doctor. Should we do invasive, invasive testing that could kill all of them? You know, it's, it's, there's so many decisions and so many, so many hard things like that. But for me, it was more about like, I'm in the prime of my life. But, you know, having a kid when you're in your prime, you know, but it's like, yeah, the world isn't and our parents weren't really. So it's like it's just this new thing that I was kind of struggling with. And so I was trying to write about that and my personal experiences about it. I I think it's so like the thing that I've noticed that's been interesting for me anyway, in being a parent, too, is like your your relationship changes with your partner, because I. Look, I love my I wife. I can't she's, stand my husband anymore. Uh, <laughs> well, like my wife is amazing and she's, she is why I married her. Cause I, I love her to pieces. But when you are raising a kid, like all of a sudden your decisions start to affect each other. And that's it. Cause you have to be like, we gotta like, we gotta decide on things together. Whereas like before it was like, you could go out there. I'll go here. We'll do this. Like you don't have to run on the same track. And I feel like that was like the biggest change and for positive and negative yeah you have to you have to realize too when you're with someone before you have kids it's like yeah we share a world view we both vote for bernie sanders you know we both <laughs> like to do the same things and then all of a sudden a baby comes and we can't we can't settle on whether or not how you know she should wear a hat or not a hat or how does the car seat go or all the minutia is what you get in fights about that has nothing to do with world view really it's right like how you do things and like not being able to agree on that stuff is like really challenging and there's so much bickering and you know we would take our kid camping and Moshe would want her closer to the flame in her play packing play <laughs> cuz her to like experience the the campfire and I'm like moving it back You're like you know it's flammable the things she's <sighs> in and so there's a lot of like you know you're fighting over stuff like that do you, do, was there ever a conversation between you and Moshe where right when you were, I guess, pregnant or, or getting ready to have the baby, where you guys thought you might name her Bernie? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's kind of cute. By the way, very cute. <laughs> Good name. Solid name. <laughs> like, Jason, like, I know that, like, you know, obviously... Uh, you have an affinity for children. You're very good with children. My love kids, kids love love, kids. love you, and I think that you know, uh, you know, uh, when or if you have kids, like you're gonna love the gear of it all. I mean, I oh, that yeah. is, I mean, I am up in websites. I'm getting stuff. They got a thing that rocks a baby to sleep. Like the, the baby oh, moves. Oh, I think that stuff is great. I oh. would, I think I would get super into all of the the carrying gear, all of the Bjorns, all of the diaper bags I'd, I'd i'd get i'd go super down the down the rabbit hole of of perfecting my baby carry gear uh <laughs> and 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 of course car seats and all the rest you know all of that i think would be very exciting and i'm very much looking forward to it and i'm what i what i'm assuming i'm going to do you know in preparation for you know having a child of my own is just read natasha's book uh, yeah. and then and then It'd i feel set. like that'll basically set me up perfectly I can already tell that the world deserves your children, Jason. I agree. You should have a kid. And also it's like tiny little bearded babies. There should be there should be so many ways to have kids. Like I almost sometimes wish we didn't all have these individual houses where we have, you know, it'd be nice to raise a kid in like a community of like. That's what it was supposed to be. I mean, that's why that's why because it's like the idea wasn't like 
just have a baby, then bring it back to your solitary house and then figure out how to raise it. It's like, there are grandparents, there are people, there are communities. Like I remember just going to different countries and you see the way that babies are like out and about and everyone's kind of a part of the taking care. It's like, it's an amazing experience. And we do it so isolating that you go crazy. Like, I think it's like, and it makes you, it forces you to be like, I don't, I can't take it anymore. Uh, you know, and then like, you know, the, that beginning part is nuts, but you, and you're, you're supposed to have a job and you're supposed to have how you're supposed to watch the have someone watch the baby, have a social life, pay for yeah. it all yourself, make dinner three times. Like if there was like more of a communal situation, like you could make dinner once a week or twice a week. And yes. like, it's just too much. And maybe the, and you know what? Maybe the baby could do some work. Get the exactly. baby in there. Maybe the baby could make some sloppy Joes for a change. You know what I'm saying? This is exactly how like kids died in the 70s like, <laughs> like people on acid having these communes the kids fall in the pool like you know it's it yeah or they're like send the kid to go get chips yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so i have two questions for you yes. one is well one's not a question one's more of a statement but i don't need to tell you everything before i ask it uh the their title made me realize it is a crazy thing like the world deserves my children it's like i am like I am, I am bringing this into the world. Like I, I, this is necessary, like for human race to continue. Like I am doing this and I haven't thought of it like that, but I've, I've often will see people on Twitter be like, I'm not having kids because I don't want to add to this and that. And, you know, but it is like, it's a very like selfless. And I guess you could say selfish act at the same time, but your title really like brought that home for me in a way. Like, uh, yeah. Well, it's, you know, there is that whole movement, like they're, they're actually called the birth strikers and they're like, the environment's falling apart. It's actually irresponsible to have children. And, you know, any smart person can see the, the truth in some of that. But at the same time, we can't just let the idiots have the kids, you know? Well, that, right. you know, th that appears to be what's happening because it's really just like chaos out there with a bunch of maniacs. Like the world does need your kids. Uh, bo both of your kids. And frankly, I, it needs my kids, too. Yeah, you got to get your kids in there. I got to get my I got to get to have some kids so they can get out there and start you know, fighting the good fight. You know, well, then you struggle with the idea, Jason, because you don't have kids quite yet is like, OK, now I'm just trying to put my desires on my child and help create an army of like yeah. an army yeah. of Joni Mitchell loving uh, progressive thinking individuals. Be <laughs> Thunbergs. Yes, a, a group of tiny Greta Thunbergs who love Joni Mitchell. <laughs> I, you know, I love I love when my kids will yell at me about wasting water and uh, things like cute. that, you know, and they, they are a little bit around and they're getting to see different things. But it's, you know, it we is are inheriting this this earth. I mean, yes, I know that's very what's obvious. left of it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it's like and I remember I asked Fran Lebowitz on, on my podcast. She came oh, on our podcast. And I, I love said, that. What do, you, what do you think of technology? You know, and I was yeah. figuring for kids and I was I, I assumed she would go into this tirade about it. And instead, she said, well, they're just going to like think of it as normal and they're going to be the generation that actually do something good with it. And I thought that well, was really interesting because yeah. it's more novel for us, but for them. It won't be. So who knows what they'll be able to do? Well, yeah, your kids have all grown up as digital natives. They are all yeah. their entire lives will be lived inside of devices and screens and the Internet and all of that stuff. And in all likelihood, they will have a very different relationship to it than for those of us 
you know, uh, who didn't get that kind of connectivity or those kind of devices until we were what in our thirties, twenties, thirties, you know, we definitely in New York or in yeah. LA, checking my email at the video store when I was in my, Oh yeah. <laughs> I think the first time I had a cell phone, I think I was 33 years old or 32 years old or something. It was, you know, I lived half fully, almost half of my life without any of this stuff, you know? It's amazing. And I, we did a thing this week where my youngest son loves his iPad. And because of the pandemic, they did more screen time. And, and then we got a little looser on our screen time restrictions and stuff like that. And we decided this week, we're like, you know, what, let's just like pull it back. Like it just got a little bit too much. And I was like, we'll pull it back. His other brother is not that much into it, but not, you know, in a fair amount. And we're like, we have to take away your iPad. And he cried for like 15 minutes. <laughs> and and now and we felt like did we fuck it up did we do something terrible he hasn't asked about it he hasn't thought about it hasn't said a goddamn word about it and uh and i was just like oh like i was amazed at how we rebounded from it like we thought like oh and you know it's like and i, I guess also there's this like this energy of these kids can't i don't know they could take the they can take it or leave it like i think that we have a harder time now putting down our like devices than they actually do. Like it was funny. Also, like, don't forget when I when when you ground your kid or not ground them, but like I'll tell my daughter like, well, you you don't get the iPad because you were bad or you didn't listen to me. Then I suffer. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, that's the that's the biggest thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that, and that's the saddest part. But you're so right. It's like I'm like like June and I will have that debate where we'll be like, if we take it away now, that means that we don't get to like relax this afternoon a little bit. And we're like, okay, we'll take you away tomorrow morning. Okay. That's <laughs> you know? Like you gotta, you gotta look up. All right. So the book is, uh, it's out right now. Uh, it is called you see on my Instagram. There's a link to buy it. The world deserves my children with, with Simon. who, uh, who did you get? Who did you get to write your blurbs? Yeah. Who, who's your blurbs? Okay. By the way, writing a book also a million favors. I have to ask like so many favors. That was another yeah issue okay so i got chelsea Chandler. she says by far the funniest book i've ever read about parenting and i know she actually read it so this is nice oh wow right? that, okay because that sometimes i don't know if people have actually read it but they're just being good friends and giving you a pull quote um also ali wong nice great the only guide to motherhood after the apocalypse you'll ever need deeply <laughs> darkly funny Ooh, love that. so is there a lot of stuff in the book that is feeling post-apocalyptic because you wrote it during the pandemic? Was it very in influenced by this period of upheaval and, and chaos? A little bit of it was. I kind yeah. of evolved into that. I did do you know, a whole chapter on parenting at the end of the world and parenting and environmental panic. And the intro was all about this uh, election party I had when Trump was elected. And it was just, I was in this liberal oh. bubble. And when we found out, like I had a pool party, we put the pool up to like, 101 and brought the tv out we had like a mexican catering thing we oh. had like crazy playlist and we're all just like watching and you know I, it just slowly started to get really dark and it was after that i was like oh i don't think i'm gonna have a kid you know I, yeah 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 oh wow until then but then i struggled with it and i decided to do it but um yeah so i love this and and your daughter is very pro-trump right <laughs> <laughs> but when I had my C-section, scheduled my C-section, hot tip. Yeah, we did too. Oh yeah, do you have, that's a hot tip. Schedule your C-section. I feel like, do you have any other quick tips you want to throw out there? You mentioned guys, earlier, guys, freeze your I, eggs. I, I don't know if I'm telling this story out of school because I think June probably told it on Deep Dive. Cody, back me up if this has been talked about. 
we had someone, uh, a very close friend of ours who's very spiritually aligned, tell us when our child needed to be born, like after this time. And then we had to go to our doctor and say, look, I know we have a scheduled C-section for this time, but we really need it to be after 11.15 a.m. <laughs> and the doctor like looked at us and and went, okay, you know what? I'll just like pretend like, like I lost my phone for a little bit and I'll just come in. Like, <laughs> How, what, was the time, what was the time difference you were asking for? It was about a 15-minute uh, delay. Oh, 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 okay. So but it, it wasn't was, significant. It was, it was, it was just but like, it was can still, we... It was but still it was like, based on like a, a, a feeling, a vibe. A, a vibe from a woman that we really love, the Heidi Rose Robbins, who who did some alignment of stars and positions and and you know, and you will start to ask for things like that, and you will do it in a straight face. And then, you know, the thought being like, if we do it before eleven fifteen, even if this is Oh, you you would always live with that. Well, we didn't get it at you were before eleven fifteen. We needed to be eleven eleven seventeen. You know, so it's a real. A real I remember looking at the clock and breathing a sigh of relief. <laughs> also, most women I know had an emergency C section. Maybe it's just the age group of women I know, mm -hmm. but like then they have these like uh, crooked scars, and they immediately like the doctor's got to like be in a hurry and yeah, try yeah, to yeah. Like, look for a. Uh, you know, look for the scalpel or whatever. So my C-section scar is so tiny. I get compliments on it by massage therapists. Um, I, 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 I get so many compliments about my C-section scar. Ooh, you got to share the doctor wreck. All right. So this is great. All and these you great talk tips. about it all the time on the red carpet. <laughs> <laughs> You're showing it to us now. It looks great. Who, who uh, did your dress? Who did your C-section scar? It's gorgeous. You really ask me that, Jason. I bet. I believe you. Oh my gosh. I love it. All right, <laughs> Natasha, you're the best. Your podcast, uh, Endless Honeymoon, is uh, amazing. Your book, get the whole thing, get the whole package. Listen to do Chelsea you do, Handler. Natasha, do you do it as an audiobook that you read? Yes. Yes. So people can listen to you if they're fans of I'm your stand up, that. if they're fans of your podcast, they can listen to you tell them the story in their ears via audiobook. Great. Great. I mean, that's kind of recommended, honestly. That's, uh, that's how I process that's, so yeah. many of me my too. friends' books because I want to hear them tell. I want to hear them tell me the story. I, I love it, and it's especially great because right now people are going to be traveling for the Thanksgiving holiday or the or the the Christmas holidays, uh, or you know. And I feel like it's great to have that. Get that on your Audible. Be psyched. Uh, it's so good. You're the best, Natasha. We'll talk. Congratulations! To you soon. I can't wait to. I can't wait to read it. Yay! See you guys soon. Maybe at UCB yeah. or something. Sure. Oh, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Thank you to Jason and Natasha. And be sure to check out Natasha's new book, The World Deserves My Children, available now. And for all you singer-songwriters out there, remember, we've retired our old core chat themes and we need new themes for just chat. So send them to howdidthisgetmade at yourwolf.com and don't forget to keep them on the short side. I mean, I say it every week. Now that we got Designed to Kill out of the way, let's talk about next week's movie. We are going from Illegal Love to Oogie Love. That's right. Next week, we are watching the Oogie Loves in the Big Balloon Adventure. Here's a short breakdown of the plot. The Oogie Loves, Gooby, Zuzi, and Toofy, set out to find five magical balloons that will make their good friend Schliffy. <laughs> uh, this movie is amazing. Uh, Schliffy's surprise party, extra special. Uh, Rotten Tomato gives this film a 30% on the tomato meter. Jeff Berkshire from Variety says, this movie is a prime contender for most peculiar wide release of the year. And A.O. Scott from the New York Times, yes, the New York Times reviewed Oogie Loves, uh, says no one is mean in this movie they all talk very loud. All right, let's take a listen to the trailer. Get ready to follow the clues. I have a scientastic idea. Find the balloons. You did it! Yay! 
and laugh your pants off. <laughs> this is getting really weird. And only a movie this awesome could bring so many cool stars together, like Tony Braxton, Cloris Leachman, Christopher Lloyd, Chaz Palmendari. I'll give you oh, the house special. Carrie Always and Jamie Presley. Oh. Holy mackerel! The Oogie Loves in the Big Balloon Adventure movie. And look, Jason June hated it. Detroit hated it. I loved it. I recommend it. I think it's insane. You can watch the Oogie Loves Big Balloon Adventure for free on Freebie or on Tubi, also for free, but not with such a catchy name. Or you can rent it on Apple TV, YouTube, or Amazon. I also encourage you to check out Hoopla and Canopy, which are digital media services offered by your local public library that allow you to borrow movies, books, audiobooks, ebooks, comics, and more. That's it. Remember to rate and review the show. It helps. Tell your friends about it. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, make sure you are following us. Visit us on social media at HDTGM. And for commercial free access to How Did This Get Made and our entire archive and so much more, sign up for Stitcher Premium for a free one-month trial. Use the code BONKERS. A big thanks to our producers, Scott Sonny, Molly Reynolds, and our engineer, Devin Bryant, and our publisher, July Diaz. We will see you next week for The Oogie Loves in the big balloon adventure. Home isn't just a place. It's a state of mind. Like curling up in a comfy chair while it's cold outside. With a warm drink, or maybe even a wine in hand. As you watch the world go by outside your window. Mmm, short rib. Good afternoon, this is your captain speaking. Which is why at Delta, our people do our best to make you feel at home. Refill? long before you get there. Delta, keep climbing. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.